welcome back to For Your Benefits, the podcast where we talk with HR professionals, benefit advisors, and other experts about the latest employee benefits news, trends, and tips. I'm Amy Utterback, VP of Business Development at Century Health. We're your sponsors for For Your Benefits. Our guest today is Chris Walpert. Uh, Chris, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Chris is a consultant, a speaker at national conventions, and also the founder of Group Benefit Solutions. Chris is also an Amazon best-selling author, which I definitely want to talk to you some more about the uh, the comic book that you wrote. We're going to get to that a little bit later. Uh, and you've also, I'm told, been awarded the Rising Star by Employee Benefit News and also uh, named a Face of Change by Benefit Pro. Today, we're going to be taking time to discuss why educating and engaging employees is important in order to combat the rising healthcare costs. So, you know, with that, Chris, I'd just like to, you know, start off by learning a little bit more about you and the work that you do. What our mission is, is to eliminate employees out of pocket expenses while simultaneously guiding them to the highest quality care that's available. Um, And the best part is for those companies that we work with, not only are there bottom line savings that are generated for uh, those employees, of course, when we talk about eliminating deductibles, co-pays, et cetera, um, we're also reducing the spend or we're reducing the expense uh, for the organizations we work with as well, um, which seems very counterintuitive. And that's part of why I'm so passionate about it is that Mm -hmm. it it really is is counterintuitive to say, hey, we're going to get your people into higher quality care. And yet we're also going to be saving you and you and them money in the process. You know, I did. I was actually going to call that out. I noticed that uh, that's part of your mission statement is the the fact of eliminating costs for employees. And I really love that you kind of call that out as opposed to kind of going for saying, hey, employers, we're going to save you the money. Um, so let's talk a little bit more. You know, that is actually also a goal of Century Health. So I get how that works, but let's let's talk a little bit more and dive deeper about how does, if I'm an employer, how does saving money for my employees save money for me ultimately? So when you look at what's happened over years and years and really in decades at this point, um, you know, a lot of times this uh, this benefits decision was kind of just delegated to HR. They handled it. They took care of the mm-hmm. renewal, uh, you know, making sure everybody had a packet and a card in their wallet and those kinds of things for years and years. And, and that worked for a long time. But what happened was, you know, there's that old saying about how to boil a frog, you know, one degree at a time, you drop it mm-hmm. in the water, you, then you turn up the heat and slowly it doesn't realize it's being cooked and it is. And that's kind of sort of what's happened here um, is what's, you know, you get a five to 10 renewal, five to 10 percent renewal increase each year. And you sometimes it's hidden by, you know, a raise in deductible, maybe a $500 deductible last year is now a 750 deductible. And then the year after that, then it's a thousand and then it's 1500. And so you're, you have the, the benefits get skinny down to it to a certain point that employees now are afraid to use their plan because they're afraid of the financial cost that's, that's going to take place. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you've also got a very opaque confusing and fragmented healthcare system. So when somebody has some kind of major medical event, um, they're not sure what to do about that. They're not sure where to go. It's not like when you pull up at a, at a car lot and you can see the prices of each of the cars listed on the windshield, right? It's not mm-hmm. like when you show up at a restaurant, you open up a menu and you have some idea of what you're ordering and what the cost is going to be before that. So essentially what I'm getting to in a very roundabout, <laughs> drawn out, uh, rambling way is that for many years, 
this decision was made by HR, finance, and perhaps leadership or, or ownership for a smaller company. But it's really, and, and then a broker or a consultant such as myself. So you've really got a room of three or four people that are paternalistically deciding what the benefits are going to be, kind of doing being the central planners, if you will, for the health plan, um, but really just kind of deciding what's going to be best for all employees. And and the 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 means by which to evaluate that is uh, they're looking at how noisy is this going to be for us, aka how many complaints are we going to be get going to, going to get that either we changed things or we didn't change anything, right? So employers were kind of stuck in this rock in a hard place. Well, what that value proposition, what our value proposition does is it recenters the conversation around the employee. So now we're putting, we're, we're making the employee the center of this decision, right? Not necessarily what the budget is going to be for employees or how much complaints they're going to get, uh, you know, at the leadership level, but really ultimately ensuring that people are getting access to higher quality care. I don't think anybody would argue that we want to make sure that our employees get to the highest quality care. And just like other areas and aspects of our business, we don't necessarily want to be overpaying for that. Right. It's you know, so if 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 I'm working with a cabinet manufacturer that's trying to source raw materials and um, hardware and all those kinds of things, they're negotiating down to a tenth of uh, a penny on some of these things that they're buying in bulk. And why shouldn't they be able to do the, the same mm-hmm. thing for, for healthcare services? Why shouldn't yeah. they able to be able to do the same thing for scans, images, x-rays, surgeries? Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, but but really just kind of centering that discussion around the employees and their well-being, because um, that's frankly what a lot of people want. They don't necessarily just want to have a card in their pocket. They want to be healthy. They want to live their lives. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to work and, um, you know, those types of things without having any fear of going broke should they have a major uh, medical event, or being one of these people that has a chronic condition, diabetes, heart disease, um, you know, uh, renal failure, whatever the case might be, mm-hmm. uh, so on and so forth, but making sure that they can get access to the highest quality care um, on, based on evidence-based medicine. And uh, and when they do so, um, when they, they opt in for that care, uh, they get their deductible wave, they get their co-pays wave, they, they sure. have no co- co-insurance or out-of-pocket or, or things mm-hmm. like that. I do think that there is an amount of educating of the employee that has to go on there, right? So I, I read recently there's, you know, an estimate of uh, that 100 million adults in the United States have some amount of health care debt, and about 12% of that is over $10,000. Uh, and at the same time, though, you know, we're entering a recession, and yet employers keep seeing record numbers of employees voluntarily resigning. So, you know, I know that that is, is a a concept that goes beyond just talking about healthcare benefits, but how do you think that the rising healthcare costs can influence, you know, today's workforce? You know, it, it is a kind of something that's kind of an ancillary problem into the the Great Resignation, right? How how do employers, um, you know, how how do they get people to to work? And and it's it's at really all different uh, all different industries, all different areas of the economy. I mean, we've we've witnessed this quite a bit over the last year or so now. And, you know, it's interesting because it's not all that much different than back in 2018, 2019, when we had record low unemployment and employers were saying, gosh, how do we get, you know, everybody has a job right now. So how do we position ourselves to bring on additional talent to attract and retain new quality employees? 
And it was kind of the same message then as that, that we have now. It's, it's a little bit different in the reasons why they're not able to get people to come to work for them. Um, but essentially, it's kind of like, you know, one of the first things I ask um, employers when we sit down and talk to them is, you know, what's your philosophy around benefits? What's your philosophy around compensation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've got, one, there's uh, one employer that uh, is going through renewal with us right now. The only thing she cares about is staying out of the compliance hot water with the DOL, the IRS, and and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So it's a little bit different solution that's going to be tailored for them than it is somebody else who says to me, you know what, I want people, and I've had clients tell me this before, I've had clients say, look, I want people to feel like when they come to work for us, they feel like they've made it, right? This is their 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 dream job. This is the industry they want to work in. They're highly professional. They're highly proficient. Um, they want to be compensated well. But we also want to have the most, the the best possible, um, the best possible benefits to round out that compensation package. And so it's it, obviously it's going to be a little bit different for each of those and everybody that's in between. Um, but what we tend to find is that when we are able to position this in such a way and say, hey, look, when you are putting a want ad out for you know when you're trying to attract new employees, get a position filled what do you do now? Right now, traditionally, what you'll do is list out the job description, you know, maybe have a, a, a few things just talking about the job and your company. And then mm-hmm. you're going to list out the compensation or maybe a range and then list out dental, vision, life insurance, um, health insurance, uh, 401k plan, whatever, whatever you're offering, you just kind of have a list of those things. Right. And that's kind of table stakes, I think, for for most people that are in the, entering the labor market right now, trying to figure out where where to work next. Right. Well, what I always tell them is, hey, look, let's A-B test that. So you do your normal you know, job posting just like you normally would. But right next to that, let's do a B test where we do basically do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But instead of just listing out medical, dental, vision, 401k, blah, 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 whatever it is, put in there that there's a, a free health care program or yep. zero deductible health care option or something that alludes to the fact that um, they they have no deductible, that they have no nothing else above and beyond their um, their premium share, even if there if there is even that, um, where where they have an idea of how different this is, and that's going to catch their eye. And what we tend to find is that it's three to four to as many as five times these days, at least anyways, as many callbacks or clicks or however you're tracking that, but you get far more attention. When you mention free health care, zero deductible health plan, you know, so on and so forth, uh, that's going to grab people's attention much more so than uh, just listing out medical, dental, vision, 401k. They're going to be curious, but it, I think the message that it sends to the labor market is like, hey, we're a company that cares about our employees mm-hmm. and we care about you so much that we're not going to dictate the terms for you for your benefits plan each year. We're going to give you something of real value, of, of something that you're not going to have to use those hard-earned dollars when you have to go in to um, have a surgery or have some kind of diagnostic event or, or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. We have a health plan that is, is, is based on evidence-based medicine, but that's an incentive program that allows you to decide if you want to opt in for that or mm-hmm. if you want to engage with the plan the same way you are today, pull that card out of your pocket when you go into the doctor's office or when you go into the pharmacy Great. You can continue to do that and, and and engage with the plan the same way you are today. Just know that you'll still, just like you do today, have a deductible to meet, co-pays, co-insurance, and an out-of-pocket maximum. So whereas when we use it, you know that other path, we can eliminate all of those things because of the way we design the plan. 
sure. that's really where the, the, the secret sauce is, if there is any secret sauce, is just designing a plan um, with, w- that incentivizes those employees uh, to seek out that higher quality care. And by the way, that's something we do for them. This isn't the old HSA high deductible plan story where essentially they're uh, just kind of left to do the consumerism piece on their self. We've got a team of nurses, doctors, AI technology that's helping navigate the healthcare system, looking at CMS data, a number of other different data points to determine the quality of these doctors, facilities, surgeons, whatever the case might be, and then directing patients or guiding patients to go to those uh, to, to go to those higher quality um, providers and facilities because mm-hmm. when they do they're they're rewarded with having a deductible eliminated co-pays co-insurance and we know based on this evidence-based medicine that they're going to higher quality care and so it really kind of hits the center of the bullseye for yeah. everybody in this process and what you're describing makes total sense to me you know having been around the industry right. I do think you know, obviously we we face a, a challenge in educating employees. You know, we have uh, as a in general, employees have been kind of raised to not be consumers of healthcare. We don't even realize that we can be consumers of healthcare. Um, so, you know, what recommendations do you as an advisor make? What can advisors do to help employers to really educate employees? Uh, to the fact that they have influence over their healthcare cost. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that that is that is the trick. I mean, that's the tricky part, and that's really where we have to do some heavy lifting um, as a firm or as advisors and as consultants in general. Um, but uh, but it, it really involves a, a multi pronged approach in terms of communicating this to employees because it is much different than what they've had. It is a lot different, even though they may have hated what they had before. Um, they've got something new and they don't understand it. And so communication is a huge component. And in fact, all the any great strategy or tactic or anything that you want to try is going to fall flat if it's not communicated properly to employees. And so what what involves proper communication um, in in today's, you know, this 21st century economy that we're in. Well, in, in my humble opinion, you need to meet people where they're at. And where they're at these days is they're they're on their smartphones, right? We're, we all, I always joke, this is the remote control of our lives. Mm-hmm. So um, we do everything on our phones these days, if, in, you know, just navigating to figure out where to, how to get to a new place, a restaurant or something we've never been to before, um, you know, having an Uber or a Lyft come pick us up, uh, planning a vacation, checking email, setting your fantasy football lineup. I mean, there's any number of things that you can do on your phone. And so why not be able to access um, your your benefits information and and the resources that are that are available to you right on your smartphone, right from that remote control by just simply hitting a button. So um, uh, so so first and foremost, one of the first things that we do is we do a text message campaign at open enrollment where we're texting out information about about open enrollment, the fact that it's opening up, the fact that there's um, uh, that there's going to be something that's new and exciting this year um, that that maybe perhaps you haven't had in the past. Um, we typically will embed a, a link tree that'll have a number of different things within that uh, within that link that are embedded in that text. But within that link tree, what we're doing is we're storing information, uh, uh, plan design and summary information. We've got um, quick videos that explain how the medical advocacy team or the nurse concierge team works. Um, we'll have links that'll go that where they can 
click to, the, to go into the app store where they can download the, the app that we'll be using to communicate all this. Um, they can begin to do their open enrollment. They can look at additional PDFs or information that we have. And the other thing that they can do is they can actually click on a scheduler link to talk to somebody on our team, a licensed benefit counselor who's an expert in all things benefits to help them understand what's available to them. Right. So they've, they've got all these things at their disposal now. But again, they've just been used to having handed a packet and uh, and a card that comes in the mail. And that's the extent of their benefits communication. Maybe there's a group meeting type of thing. Right. Whereas we can do all of that online so that now people are doing it um, either self-service. I'd say probably about two thirds to three quarters of folks are just do everything self-service. They're happy with that. They don't want to have to talk to anybody. They, they know enough to just kind of get through it. And then you've got others who want their spouse involved or what we see in a lot of cases with the younger workforce is maybe they want their parents involved in the discussion and the conversation and the decision-making process. Um, or they just simply they just simply want to talk to somebody. They, they are maybe not super tech savvy and just want somebody to walk them through the process of enrolling on these benefits, understanding everything that's available to them. Um, and then the other thing that we can do with that um, is, and again, we've got all of this kind of housed within one mobile app that's stored on their phone, information about the nurse concierge, the plan design, uh, their, uh, they can store a picture of their ID card so it doesn't get lost or whatever. Um, they can search where they can find a lower prescription or a lower price prescription at nearby pharmacies and kind of price shop that way. Um, they've got telehealth, mental health services, number of things that are embedded all in this app. So a lot of times what we're doing as well throughout the plan year is we're reminding them about how robust their benefits package is and what's included in all that too, right? So just reminding them when they had an open enrollment, say here in August, well, what's going to happen in, in uh, you know, January or February when they forgot about everything that's happened at open enrollment. So typically what we'll do is throughout the plan year, We'll do a text message blast, um, sometimes monthly, usually quarterly is kind of enough, but we're kind of blasting out this information to remind them, um, hey, you know, you've got, you've, you know, make sure to open up this app. You've got some great things in here, um, but we typically are trying to, to redirect employees to open the app and call the nurse. That's kind of the, the message that we deliver to them constantly, rather than having to bombard HR um, with every little question about their benefits plan. It's like, hey, Everything you have, everything I have as an HR person is right there on that app. So if we can redirect people to use to have their own self-service and then support that with call center and other kind of resources of, of experts to, to people to, to walk through employees how to use this properly, that's where we really find the magic is that employees tend to be very excited about that, right? They've got something mm -hmm. that, again, it's, the, it's, a, it's a benefits package and it's a delivery method for the 21st century. So, and that's a delivery method method that I think makes a lot of sense for the employee uh, experience. I want to kind of flip back now to talking again a little bit more about the, the challenge for a lot of advisors is, you know, convincing the employer to kind of get away from the more traditional styles of plans. Uh, and I think that a lot of, I know I've talked to a lot of employers who um, just kind of that American dream sort of mindset, they just expect that more expensive care equals better care. So what is that conversation? I see you shaking your head. I am too inside. But <laughs> what uh, what is that conversation like? How do you, you know, combat that when you're talking to an employer? 
I think sometimes what happens with us, at least anyways, because we really lead with that, with eliminating employees out of pocket, guiding people to higher quality care. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times the the pushback I get is, well, you know, it's like they again, to, you know, to your point, they've been conditioned to think that there's only one way to do it. There's been con- they've been conditioned to think that they have to go with a big carrier, that they need to move from one big carrier to the next each year to chase mm-hmm. down the rate um, and keep it somewhat manageable or they need to increase the the employer contribution. And and part of that is, again, it's the brokers have been part of the problem here, right? So, you know, it's pretty obvious to point at the insurance carriers and say, you know, this this big behemoth corporation is is the cause of all our problems. And then it's also easy to kind of point at these large hospital systems and Mm -hmm. say, geez, you know, hospitals are businesses too, and they're poorly run. And so the insurance companies and and the hospitals are, you know, they're they're putting the screws to the little guy. Um, and well, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't necessarily argue against that. I would say that, um, health brokers, uh, over the years have been part of the problem as well. Um, there's a misaligned incentive that exists with them too. And, uh, so employers for a lot of time have been just conditioned to believe because of brokers, because of ad- advisors and consultants to think that there's nothing they can do to control these costs. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I know you do want to talk a little bit about the comic book, but, um, that was part of my mission with the comic book wasn't to do any kind of nitty gritty detail um, uh, education, but was really just simply to say, hey, look, you need to kind of shake off this old legacy way of thinking and realize that you can actually control healthcare costs. And it's not this um, binary decision of raising deductibles equals lower premiums or raising premiums equals you know a richer plan. Um, again, when you think about, you know, the analogy of, of the, uh, the car lot or, or the restaurant, you know, for example, uh, again, you have an idea of what you're going to pay, but when you go into a hospital for a surgery and you, or before, before so, and you say, call them and say, Hey, what's it going to cost? And, uh, you know, first of all, they're, they're not going to be able to tell you, or, or they're going to ask you, well, that depends on which insurance company you have. Whereas if you go to a restaurant, you're not going to have a different bill at the end, if you're paying with cash mm-hmm. or check or visa or mastercard or or whatever um it, it's just crazy and that again that's part of where uh that that's part of what the problem is right is that sure. it is so opaque and confusing and so um so if we can kind of reframe that at least from the standpoint that hey look your your brokers that are being compensated on commission they're getting bonuses and overrides and retention bonuses and things like that when they keep you with the same plan year after year um, their revenue goes up, their commission goes up when your premium has gone up. And that's something I like to point out with these insurance carriers too, is it's like, look, what you call premium, they call revenue. So there's no incentive for them to help you reduce your premium because that reduces their, their revenue. So mm-hmm. if, if you can align all of these, these interests and, and really because employers are the ones that are footing the bill for, let's call it 50% of Americans, um, you know, and yet they have no transparency into this, that that's inherently a problem. And so typically where I like to start, frankly, because there's been so much conditioning before I show up on the scene, then it sounds like I'm like, you know, like, I don't know, which speaking witchcraft or like, you know, <laughs> magic or, or just making promises mm-hmm. that, oh, gee, yeah, we've heard this before. Yeah, you're going to yeah. lower claims. The crazy man on the cost. corner, right? The conspiracy yeah, theorist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we've, we've heard this before. So typically what I tell them is like, look, in the first year, we may not change a thing, right? I show, I'm going to show you what the destination is. I'm going to show you case study examples of where we've done this, 
with groups that are a similar size in a similar industry and in a similar geographic region. Um, but the point is, is this, this inverse relationship between cost and quality is not unique to me here in the greater Seattle area. It's this way across our entire country. And so when we look at it, it's like, look, what the, the first thing we want to do is just ensure that there's a destination we can take you to. Now, it may take us three, five, seven years uh, to get there, but we'll, we'll start at square one where we don't want to have a very noisy um, uh, experience for your employees because then the perception is going to be, all right, well, this doesn't work. It's too much. It's too different. It's too noisy, blah, blah, blah. So let's not, not change anything. Let's keep you with the same carrier, uh, same plan, same contract, any of those kinds of things. We can bolt on this one little simple solution with this mobile app um, where when when using this, we can still, even though you're still with the same carrier, same program that you're with now, we can still begin to eliminate deductibles, co-pays, co-insurance, um, any of those types of things. There, there are strategies, there are solutions that are in place where we can make the minimal amount of change and yet begin to get people in that that frame of mind mm-hmm. where they're opening up their mobile app to use their benefit resources, get their deductibles and co-pays eliminated, uh, so on and so forth. So uh, it's, it's a layered possible, approach. It's, kind of, it's more of the crawl versus the walk versus the mm-hmm. run. Every Everybody's a little bit different. I get some people that tell me, no, we're I don't care how noisy it is. We, we need to do this. We need to do this to keep our doors open, to keep our kind of kind of keep our margins within something reasonable. Um, and so it just kind of depends on where they're at. But more often than not, they take that walk approach in that first year, which, again, is totally fine. I'd rather have them in the door, continue to kind of um, educate them along the way and then start to show them what's possible as they start to see additional case studies and start to interact with some of our clients and start to understand um, how we put this together and how we communicate this so that there's not this mass um, confusion and um, anger and then ultimately an exodus when employees say, all right, well, I'm going somewhere else that isn't going to change the benefit plan or they are going to change the benefit plan or or whatever somebody's upset about that day, right? So. Sure. There's always going to be something, right? And you did mention the um, the comic book that you wrote, and I just thought it was such a creative and fun and interesting spin on being able to help the industry understand insurance and employee benefits. So I do want to just give it a shout out. It's called, um, listener, it's called Hit Zero, the quest for making healthcare a controllable expense. Uh, just curious, I know you talked about it you know, already a little bit, but what made you think of you know putting something out into the marketplace? That was kind of the idea behind it is, you know, I had started to, this was several years ago now, I had started to write a book about kind of the the post-ACA, the way to build a post-ACA um, uh, health plan. And uh-huh. I started writing it. I did an outline and I was like, oh my gosh, I am so bored with this. I don't even want to write this book. Nobody's going to want to read it. So I kind of regrouped and there was a podcast I heard where um, this guy was talking about how to kind of build a, a hero's journey story and and apply that to um, uh, apply that to in a, in a business sense to teach a mm-hmm. lesson and and because people generally they engage with stories and everybody can kind of follow this hero's journey arc through um, you know really any story has this hero's journey arc so I thought gosh that would be clever to just have a little short little story that I could tell and um, you know and and maybe that's a way to to go about doing it it would be a little bit different um, and then I had this idea about making that into a, a comic book, again, just as a way to, rather than have somebody read a 200 page, 200 page book, um, 
why not, you know, create a comic book that they can flip through in half an hour uh, and that they can kind of, you know, again, use it as a talking point and be something that's a pattern interrupt. Because I know there's a lot of other um, uh, salespeople and consultants that that write books in order to, you know, sure. gain traction in their marketing efforts. We've seen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And we so, I lot. mean, ultimately, that's what I wanted to do. But I wanted to have it be a fun story. I wanted to have it be something that was engaging and that would show up on their desk. Um, whether it was an owner, an HR director, a CEO, a CFO, and just kind of think, oh, wow, this is this is a different approach. And so and, and that's what's happened, too, by the way. It's like it, it's amazing how many times where, um, you know, I've, I've called somebody and, oh, yeah, you know, I was the guy that sent you that comic book. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was so clever. And, you know, most of the time they haven't read it, but it was still it was a lot less to um, uh, not quite as time consuming to mm-hmm. produce it. I had somebody help me with the the artwork itself. I just went on Fiverr and found a guy that was able to put that together for me, do all the artwork for me, mm-hmm. um, and then ultimately, then you know, got it got it out in front of folks. And uh, um, yeah, it's something that's you know, I think is is memorable. It teaches some very high level lessons just about um, healthcare is a controllable cost. You do have to kind of smash these limiting beliefs that you've had for years and years, um, but that that it is possible for you, no matter what size or funding type or geographic region of the country uh, that you're uh, that you're in. So I definitely thought it was a really um, clever thing in, in a landscape where, like you said, there are so many you know books out there about the same topic that are great, great resources, but um, something that really stands out. So uh, I, I thought that was um, a great approach. And I know that we've already taken a lot of your time, but I, I just want to finish up with a couple more questions, if that's OK with you, Chris. Um, if, uh, as an advisor that clearly has a lot of experience and knowledge in the industry, what single piece of advice would you give to another benefits advisor when it comes to modernizing their clients' health plans? Uh, you know, I, I would go back to what I just said a few moments ago, meet them where they're at. Uh, there, there was a few clients early on that I really pushed them in this direction right and I mm-hmm. and in hindsight obviously they were not uh, they were not ready for that um, the other thing was we had not we didn't really have a robust campaign uh, uh, communication campaign and strategy around that so that was kind of born out of some of those early failures um, was um, was a just meeting people where they're at look if they're not ready for the, to do this today square one they're not as excited about it as I am um, that's fine I totally get it right but I'm going to continue to show them that destination. Um, and I'm going to continue to kind of show them how they can get to that that destination. And that's where a lot of times what I find, particularly with people that are in finance, um, they want to see how to, how is this going to work exactly? This all sounds great. You know, we, we meet with a number of sales consultants and advisors and things, but how do we actually ultimately do this? And um, if they're starting to, to, to kind of get to those how questions, that's when you realize, okay, this is somebody who wants to do it. Um, you know, not somebody who's just kind of going along with what you're saying, um, sure. but really kind of meeting them where they're at, because it could be that you do need to get to walk them into this. You, it could be that they just, they're not quite ready for the, themselves, let alone ready to, to introduce their employees to something that is, is different than what they've had before, even though it's a lot better. You and I know that Amy, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one of these things that it, it changes hard for human beings in general. And so if you can um, just meet them where they're at, um, uh, that is the place to start. That's my best advice for an advisor trying to build out these kinds of plans. I like the crawl 
walk, run uh, scenario, right? Let, letting people come to it on their own. And it's not as abrasive for, for the group once they, they kind of get a new plan structure and a new design and they don't have a Buka name on their card anymore. Right. Um, it'll, it'll all be okay. It will. Um, so Chris, thanks again for your time. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, you know, I'd say, you know, as a, as a sales guy, as a, you know, as a consultant, I don't tend to hide myself. So uh, I'd say you could probably find me online and on LinkedIn is probably where I'm most active on social media, at least anyways. Um, would love Absolutely. to help support folks and however I can do that as well. Thank you so much, Chris. And that wraps up this episode of For Your Benefits. We hope that you enjoyed today's conversation. If you like what you heard today and want to hear more, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We'll continue to keep you updated on what's happening in the world of employee benefits. Thanks for joining us and have a fantastic day.